Well, hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all that information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray about these and things and process them all, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Hello, Joseph. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I, I, uh, my, my new goal, and it won't last long, is just to throw you off at the end of that intro every oh, okay. time. Well, you did it. You've, yeah. you've I think nailed like two it. Two in a row weeks now. In a row. Yeah, yeah, that's it's right. pretty good. Oh, my goodness. Well, Jeff, we are moving, if you're listening to this in real time, we're moving into the holiday season. And uh, the holidays means a lot of things for a lot of folks. But Mm. uh, one of the things that on some level does affect a decent amount of us is we can often actually feel lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of circumstances that could fill that. Maybe it's something that you don't have a romantic relationship. Maybe you're away from family. Maybe you don't have any family in the area. Um, maybe it goes much, much deeper than that. But um, how do we combat that feeling, that, 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 that aching thing in our bodies that says we're lonely? You know, uh, I want to be sensitive with this question because to me, it all depends on the answer to this depends on what you mean by loneliness mm-hmm. and what you identify as the source of it. Yeah. So if this is your first holiday without your spouse or a friend or a parent passed away and you feel lonely, um, what you're actually saying is I'm grieving and I'm resetting my life, and that's really, really hard. Yeah. And to you, I would say I love you and we, I, I hurt with you. I've been in those shoes, and it is really, really hard. Mm. Um, and you feel that the, the holidays amplify that aloneness uh, and that missing somebody, that grieving somebody in a, in a special way. So if that's what you mean by lonely, um, I would say uh, pull up next to people you love, share memories of your loved ones, and... Um, and uh, uh, embrace missing somebody because Mm -hmm. your grief is actually a part of your love. Um, If you're talking about I'm lonely because of a death of a dream, I'm divorced, I never thought I would be, and it's his year to have the kids, Mm -hmm. um, then that's a different kind of loneliness where you, you don't, it's hard to go grieve with someone so to somebody like that, I would I would look and say, um, what I would really recommend is you find a way to invest yourself during that time. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, welcome a friend over who's also alone. Um, reach out and do service uh, on Christmas Day, so to say, proverbial mm-hmm. Christmas Day. Uh, volunteer at the church. Um, get yourself out of your uh, get yourself out of the glare of your circumstances and get yourself into the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. And there's joy there, and there's hope there, and there's relief there. You feel lonely for a very valid reason. Mm-hmm. 
and there's no good way to just make that go away. So let's manage it, tackle it, and decide not to just sit in it, right? Now, if you feel lonely because you say, I don't have any friends and nobody likes me and everybody around me is caught up in their own lives and they're stuck up and they're, you know, the church isn't what it's supposed to be, I would look at you and I would say, um, part of why you feel lonely is because you're in, you're overly focused on yourself. Hmm. So um, there's a there's a really interesting thing about um, pride. So pride is the elevation of self. Yeah, and we call pride many different things in our in our. Uh, vernacular. So if somebody is arrogant, we'll say that they're proud. Uh, if somebody is gloating, we'll say that they're proud. Uh, if somebody is <clears throat> um, very uh, um, self-aggrandizing, you know, I'm the only one who could ever, we'll say that they're proud. I would say that that is absolutely an expression of pride because it's an elevation of somebody's focus on themselves. Somebody's selfish, they're prideful. I also would say that somebody who lacks self-worth, self-esteem, and is self-loathing is prideful. Mm-hmm. That they have elevated self. And what they have done, they don't mean to do it, but what they have done is they've said... The whole world, as I would define it, is not responding to me. They don't see me. My friends didn't call me. That guy didn't ask me back out. That girl never returned my text. I am unlovely. I am unworthy. Mm -hmm. People are rejecting me. And I would say, and I mean this in great, great love, but I would say that is a form of pride mm-hmm. where you have made life about yourself arrogant. The, the arrogant jock and the insecure kid are both lonely. Yep. And they're both lonely because they have elevated themselves and they, they feel rejected and believe that they're unworthy because people are not giving to them what they want. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Absolutely. Okay. Now, I'm, go ahead. <clears throat> well, I was just going to say, um, <laughs> first of all, so much of what you just said deeply resonates. Um, you pretty much just explained my childhood and my teenage years. I went from the super insecure kid to the super arrogant teenager, but it was all bathed in massive insecurities. Yep. And, um, and it's because all I could do was think about myself. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until much later, after I had given my life to the Lord, that so much of that wasn't because of the circumstances or even the relationships. It was I couldn't get my mind off of me. Um, and so... <laughs> this is good. It's a good reminder personally. But I was thinking, like, a lot of us think that if humility is the opposite of pride, that that's just, well, you got to think less of yourself. And it's not. It's thinking of yourself less right. often. And so how do we do that, right? I'm, I'm hanging out with a friend uh, here real soon, and uh, they want to watch hockey. 
I don't like hockey. <laughs> like, but I want to hang out with this friend, so we're going to watch hockey. Yeah. Who like, cares? And, and and finding joy in their joy, finding interest in their interest, mm-hmm. learn about hockey. Why do you like it? What do you see? It You taking a interest in them mm-hmm. is actually the way that you are not alone. And it can even bring joy. Right. <clears throat> you can come home saying that I have a friend who's an artist and I'm not an artist, and he loves to go to like the art institute and like look at stuff. And I'm like, okay, but I actually love looking at art with him because I love to see what he sees. Yeah, it, it, that's what makes it interesting to me, yeah. right? Um, you're a father. I'm a father. This is the idea. Like the most fun we have is watching our kids have fun on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care about the boxer shorts I bought myself. <laughs> you know, it's very, Christmas is very utilitarian to me. Like, it's just an excuse to reload on the essentials. But for a child, or even a teenager, it's a sense of wonder, mm-hmm. right? And it's the thought behind it. So the, the, the way that you do this, if you're in that category of lonely... Here's what happens, and, and this is part of how you can check yourself a little bit. Um, the answer is, if I'm lonely, what I should do is find some other lonely people, be the one that initiates that process, mm-hmm. gather people, and theoretically, according to what you're telling yourself, that would, that would alleviate your aloneness. Mm-hmm. But here's what happens. Lonely people will look at other lonely people and say, but I don't want to hang out with that person. <laughs> and it, the minute that you say that, or that that, per, or that person wears me out, I don't mm-hmm. want to be... The, the minute that you say that, you've exposed your pride. Yeah. It's like, well, I thought we were lonely. Well, I am lonely. Well, there's somebody not to be lonely with. Well, I don't want to not be lonely with them. And I'm not talking about who you marry. I'm talking about who you watch hockey with. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Sure. And, and I'm like, oh, so you're not lonely. You're prideful. You want a friend to meet your needs on your terms and in your time. That's not even friendship. Mm-hmm. That's not what that is. And the fact that you, you think like that probably is revealing why you don't have friends. Sure. Right. So, so in a true friendship, we're bearing one another's burdens. I, I am friends with people. I do stuff with them all the time that I don't prefer to do. The joy is being with them. Right. And vice versa. And the minute that I start to find the... Well, I, I don't want to go to that party. I want to go to this one. I'm so lonely at home. I'm like, well, but you got invited. Mm-hmm. And... and you miss the wonder and you miss the opportunity. I don't want, I'm lonely. I don't want to serve at church. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it, but there's tons of people who would love to hang out with you all through the Christmas or right up until almost midnight on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the stuff. That, that's what I really, I want, I want to say this again. Like, it just depends on what you're calling lonely. That's not grief. That's not externally imposed loneliness. I didn't want my family to blow up and somebody blew it up. Mm-hmm. That Those are different things. Mm-hmm. That That's more of a woundedness that results in a loneness. Sure. The lonely I hear a bunch is, 
seems like everybody else is having fun and I'm not. And I'm like, well, you're not the only person that thinks that. Mm -hmm. So find the people. Um, And they're not that hard to find. Mm -hmm. Find the people who would extend relationship. They don't have to be your best friends. You don't have to marry them. I'm not talking about that. Um, I'm just saying, like, there's lots of people to give your life to, and when you love people, they tend to love you back. Yep. Yeah, there's uh, this deep-down desire that we want to know and be known, and that's what Jesus calls us to, calls us to serve people, calls us to love people, calls us to run after them. Um, And so if we're avoiding opportunities that are available to us, then we're ironically self-serving some of that lonely... um, situation that we find ourselves in. Community, right? Like when we start to find those people to connect with, I mean, that's one of the most powerful ways that we can see God work in our lives. Yeah. So how how is being in community um, so helpful for us? And of course, at the end of the day, helping combat loneliness. Well, you just said it. We're, we're, we're known... We want to know people, we want them to know us, right? So Community just does that, and all community is is organized friendships, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is all school is, which is, by the <laughs> way, what is what watching a hockey game is, mm-hmm. which is, by the way, what a rec team is. It's all organized friendship, and yep. and somehow we tend to label it more forced mm-hmm. when it's when it's biblical. You're like, oh, oh, it's just a small group. I'm like, well, it's just your rec soccer team. It's the same thing, right? <laughs> so. That that's all community is. It's organized friendship. It's kind of what family is, if you think about it. it. Fam- family, <laughs> <Very> forced. <laughs> it, it is, especially when you, especially when you're gathering, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So my, you guys have a family. Oh, we organized a meeting, right? And and people put on their calendar. We called it Thanksgiving yep. or Christmas, right? So it. That's what I mean when when you when you start to get particular. I don't want that, I want this. I don't want that, I want this. I'm like, well, now we're not talking about your loneliness. Now we're talking about pride or insecurity or narcissism it, because all of these things are actually available, mm-hmm. but you ha- you have to take advantage of them. Now, I think there's a flip side of that coin. Mm-hmm. I think the flip side of the coin is that people who aren't necessarily lonely should notice people who are lonely and invite them into their lives. Yep. So uh, Heidi's mom, when she was alive, we laugh about it now. She's with the Lord, but she volunteered and discipled women at the county jail, mm-hmm. and we never knew who was coming to dinner. Yep. And and uh, because the inmates would like, we'd spend Thanksgiving with the inmates or Christmas Day with the inmates. It's wonderful. And mom was like incredible about it. Some of us are like, I'm lonely. My grandkids are a thousand miles away. I'm, and I would look at you and I'd say, Well, there's lonely people next door. You be proactive. You have a home. Uh, I don't have anybody to cook for anymore. Well, that's just not true. We just haven't found those people to cook for mm-hmm. yet. We have this big house and nobody's in it. Well, fill it up. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people. Um, and, and it, and it, well, my friends all have their kids. I'm not talking about your friends. I'm talking about lonely people yep. or isolated people. There's plenty of people that are lonely also who would relish and enjoy the invite. Yeah. And um, look around. So 
in community, in the church, in the mm-hmm. community of the church, both sides of that coin are being played. And what will happen sometimes is we'll look and say, um, we'll look at the busiest of people and be upset they didn't invite us. Well, Pastor Jeff didn't invite us. I have like 27 people in my family, mm-hmm. right? But we're like, well, he didn't. I'm like, but you said you wanted an invite. You didn't, you didn't say you wanted... My, my friends all went to the thing, but they didn't invite me. Well, you, but these person invited you over here. Now you're being particular. Now mm-hmm. the conversation changed dramatically. Sure. And I think that's a little bit of a heart look mm-hmm. in trying to under, understand where that goes. Now, there's a whole different layer to this conversation, <clears throat> and there are the people that are surrounded by people all the time. They have people-oriented jobs, at least numerically. They have families. Um, they might even say they have friends, people they hang out with on the weekend, people they can get together with and watch a ball game or do the hobby. But in their soul, they're lonely. Yeah. What's going on there? They're around people all the time. Um, I'm trying to think how to say this in a very compassionate way. That. When you have access to people and those people are open to relationships. So there are times you're in a room and nobody wants to interact with you. Sure. That's a different situation. But the scenario you just described, you are invited to the game and you are... the, The reason you feel lonely is probably because you feel insecure. Mm which probably means that you're demanding that those relationships come on your terms. Mm. And you're not sharing your life or you're oversharing your life. In other words, you're making the relationship about you. Mm-hmm. So how is it that somebody's going to ask you about you? Well, probably when you ask them about them. You know, I, I had a... a wonderful dinner last night with a friend. We were together for four hours. He talked 90% of the time. And I went home. It's a long story. Heidi couldn't make it and his wife couldn't make it. So just wanted to be the two of us. And I went home and Heidi's like, how was the night? I was like, it was great. And she said, uh, what was it like? I said, well, he, he probably talked 90% of the time. And she said, was that good or bad? I said, oh, it was great. <laughs> I totally enjoyed it. Right. Now, what I what I do is is I look and say, well, it was just our first time getting together. Mm-hmm. So he is a is a good friend. So he'll invite me again, and I'll talk ninety percent of the time. Sure. Now I could walk away and say I feel so lonely, I feel unheard, mm-hmm. I feel unloved. Or if I can try to be selfless, I'm like. My friend, my new friend actually needed to be heard and needed to be loved, and I really got the privilege of doing that for him. Mm-hmm. In time, that will reciprocate. Mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't walk away thinking, geez, that guy talks a lot. I, di- mm-hmm. I didn't think that. I thought, man, he's got a lot on his mind. I, it was really fun mm-hmm. to get to know him, and it was fun to kind of be here for him in a different way. It's the perspective of how you're entering the situation. Mm-hmm. If you enter that, if you take that invitation to the ball game selfishly, I want everybody to talk about me. I want everybody to know everything about me. I want everybody. You're going to walk away feeling lonely. Yep. 
if you if you take that selflessly, you'll get more and more, and eventually the conversation will turn to you, and that's how friendships work. Yeah, we use that phrase, we want to know and be known, but if we accidentally come to the table with, I just want to be known, yeah, we, we mess with the relational dynamics, and that curiosity is one of the things that builds the, the trust back and forth. And I think one of the reasons that at least I know when I can feel the loneliest is when I feel like I don't have any conversations that have a lot of trust. Yeah. And so I can't tell people that, like, I've been in a funk for the last two weeks. I can't tell people that, you know, um, I'm really angry with this family member because I don't feel like I have a safe place to talk about that. But if I continue to build up these barriered walls where... All we'll talk about is fantasy football. All we'll talk about is what did you think of the last Marvel movie? All we'll talk about is the stinking Ohio weather. Well, you're not asking any questions. You're not getting to know people. And then therefore, they don't even think to reciprocate it to you. And so you don't feel known. You don't know them. And that's going to equal loneliness. I, I think what happens a chunk of time is that people who feel lonely have a myth about people that they perceive who have friends. Mm. So they're going to, first of all, they're going to look at like the popular kid. And they're going to say, well, that person's surrounded by those people all the time. They're never lonely. And I would be like, well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. They're just surrounded by people all the time. They have a charisma or people want something from them. And so they're surrounded by them all the time. Um, Secondly, what they're going to, what they sometimes don't realize is when you have thousands of people around you, you actually only have friendships with a, with a real, only a core would know you super well. Mm -hmm. Right. And to be known super well is not something that just happens. It actually takes work. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when we're lonely, we think that there's like this magical experience I would say finding friends is kind of like finding a girlfriend. <laughs> like you have to work, you have to try, you have to take a chance, you have to probably date more than one person. You have to Well, my friendships are that way too. A lot of times you're looking at something 30 years, 20 years down the road and and are like, "Man, you have these really really deep friendships." I'm like, "Yeah, do you, you know we work at that, right? Like we set aside time. If our lives don't intersect, like I, I literally have one set of friends. We have it on the schedule right? to be together because our lives don't naturally intersect, but we really want to pursue that thing. It's, it's not this... Friendship is not like this romantic rom-com. Mm-hmm. It's more like a, a work and a dedication, and this is where, like, again, biblical community. When I'm when I'm serving at the church as an example, I don't think you have to do everything at the church, but as an example, I wind up being around the same people all the time. That's just putting a meeting on a schedule. Mm-hmm. I wind up having a lot of shared memories. That's because we have meetings on the schedule. Now we're laughing about that thing that happened. Right. That those are like keys to breaking out of this funk and working on it. If you're doing any version of like sitting there waiting for people to notice you, mm-hmm. um, 
there's a selfishness to that. Yep. And breaking out of that is like the key to alleviating the loneliness of it. Yeah. So much of what we covered is so helpful, and I, I, none of this was planned, so I want to kind of just remember some of the things that we said to, to help wrap this up. Um, you know, put yourself into a scenario where you can get to know other people and they can get to know you. And so if we're not in environments where the conversation can get deeper than the weather and the the local fad, then we're probably not in a good scenario for us to find those relationships. So find places to volunteer, find places to serve, join groups, get together with other people that are looking for relationships as well, and then be willing to open up, build that trust and that rapport back and forth with someone else. Uh, don't only talk about you. Ask questions, get to know them, and allow that that trust to build, and then be patient the best and deepest relationships don't happen just over the course of a couple of minutes or mm-hmm. even hours. So, uh, Jeff, that's super, super helpful. And as we all continue to pray about our own relational faux pas or our relational deficits moving into seasons like the holidays, um, I just pray that we are willing to give that over to God and maybe follow Him down pathways that we wouldn't initially think about. Well, if you have questions that you'd like us to address here on the Mixed Messages podcast, you can always do so at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. Uh, we'd love to help you take unique next steps. We'd love to help introduce you to other people that maybe you can form some of that community with. Uh, let it reach out. Let us know. We do the best we can to get you connected. And if you want to know more about, uh, if you like more of what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're in the area looking for a church family, uh, you can always check us out here at Grace. Well, thanks for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.